The BSN Nuggets podcast is presented, as always, by InWeGo. It's Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can for only $39 a month with no additional costs or fees. Yeah, you guys heard that right. No additional fees, literally hundreds of events in Denver for just $39 a month. For instance, here's what you could hit up over the next few weeks with InWeGo. Nuggets vs. Nets on Friday at Pepsi Center, shaping up to be another big game. Beer flights at Prost Brewing, CU vs. Washington State this coming weekend in Boulder. Comedy shows at Comedy Works. Guys, there's literally something for everyone with InWeGo. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that InWeGo can get you in. Here's where it gets really good. We've partnered with InWeGo to give BSN listeners an awesome deal. If you go to InWeGo.com backslash BSN, or if you download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe, you're going to get 50% off your first month. That's right. All those events in Denver and more for under 20 bucks during your first month. You really can't beat that. So I guarantee you, I personally guarantee you, if you try it, you're going to fall in love with it like we all did here at BSN Denver. So go to inwego.com backslash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Inwego. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumlee. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in L.A. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> a special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? He was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. Hey, everyone. What's up? Welcome in to a brand new BSN Nuggets podcast, Wednesday edition of the show, recording Wednesday night after this latest Nuggets game. The Nuggets fall tonight, 89-87 to the Grizzlies. This was a classic grit and grind game. This was a throwback to some of those great Grizzlies teams a few years back and how when offenses go into Memphis, they just die. That's what happens to the Nuggets offense. Still, they were in a position to win, of course, that last three by Nicole Jokic. I thought it was a good look. I thought it was a good shot at the end of the game. It did not fall. So Nuggets fall to 9-2 and two on the year. A lot to get to on today's show. We'll talk a lot about Nicole Jokic, his night. He was just 0-1 from the field. His lowest point total since last year in that game against Dallas where he got benched in the second half. Can't even remember the last time he only took one shot in a game. So a, a lot to get to. You guys hit up the Total Beverage fan hotline after the game like I knew you would. I'll get to some of your questions just like I thought, they're all about Nicole Jokic. So I'll definitely focus the show around him today and give you guys some other observations from tonight's game. I want to start tonight's show off, though, with a bit of a PSA, a bit of a public service announcement. And first, I'll say that there were a lot of things wrong with tonight's game from the Nuggets perspective. I've got a lot of thoughts on Jokic's night and what might have contributed to him really not looking for his individual offense at all tonight. But what I do want to say before I get into that is 
the NBA season is a long season. 82 games is a lot of games. We've only played 11 of them. We've still got 71 to go. And I said this on a podcast a couple days ago, but the fact that the Nuggets got off to this 9-1 start, the fact that they didn't come out of the gate slow like they've done in years past. Last year they started out pretty well, but in, in years before that under Brian Shaw and in Mike Mullen's first two years, they had not gotten off to great starts. The fact that they got up to the hot start they did, the fact that the defense is playing at this level right now, the fact that this offense, even though it hasn't looked like it did last year, is still ranked in the top 10 in the league. And because of that, because of the national attention Denver's getting right off the bat, because people and analysts on ESPN and big-time national media writers are praising the Nuggets and saying, hey, they're for real. There should be a shoe in for the playoffs. They probably should be a top-four seed in the West. They could win a first-round series in the playoffs. The fact that they're getting so much attention right now, I think it's a good thing. I will go to my grave saying it's a good thing that the Nuggets got off to this hot start and are getting the publicity that they deserve. But it's also going to raise expectations exponentially for this season. Remember coming into this season how the playoffs were the goal. That's what everybody was trying to get Tim Connolly and Mike Malone to say at Media Day. It's playoffs or bust. You know, it's a nice little media cliche that some people like. That's what everybody was wanting them to say. It's playoffs or bust. This is our year. We're going to make the playoffs. We're going to end that playoff drought. 11 games into the season, expectations have already shifted dramatically. And I'm not talking about inside the Nuggets because they've had the same expectations and maintained the same playoff expectations since the start of the year, but outside of the organization, nationally, and even more so locally, the expectations are out of control right now. And I don't think there's really anything wrong with that. I think it's great to have high expectations for the Nuggets here in Denver. But the fact that they got out to this 9-2 and two start through 11 games, now around town people are talking like, hey, if they don't get a top four seed in the West, it's going to be a disappointment. If they don't host a first-round playoff series, it's going to be a disappointment. So that's the discourse that's happening around this team right now. And I think it's important to keep a perspective on this season. We're only 11 games in. There's going to be more injuries. There's going to be more nights when Nikola Jokic does not look like himself on the offensive end of the floor and doesn't look to score. Nights like that are going to happen throughout the remainder of the season. But it's also important to revisit and remember what realistic expectations are for this team. And I think they can be really good. I believe they could win a playoff series in the first round, but it's just important to realize how quickly things can shift when we're talking about expectations for this team and just the glass and the prism that we see this team through. It's a long season, and the Nuggets are 9-2. and two. Nobody expected them to be 9-2 and two right now. They're 9-2 and two with the second-best defense in the league and the 10th-best offense in the league. They have the fifth-best net rating right now. They have one of the best point differentials in the league right now. The sky isn't falling, which is what it seems like it was after tonight's loss. So it's important to keep things in perspective for sure. With that, let me go ahead and take a break real quick. 
I will get into tonight's loss on the other side, what I saw from Nikola Jokic, why I think he had the night he did tonight, and what he needs to do to rebound from this, which I think he will. I'm very confident in saying I don't think Jokic is broken like some people on Twitter have thrown out there. I believe he'll be all right, but let me hit this first break real quick. I'll get to your questions on the other side. Be right back on the BSN Nuggets podcast. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado Sports Network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go, Harrison Wind here. Of course, solo edition of the show Wednesday night following this Nuggets loss. They fall in Memphis, 89-87. Denver loses for just a second time this year. And some quick stats on this one just from a high level. The Nuggets offense in this one, it showed some life in the first quarter. Scored 29 points. The ball was popping at times. Things kind of slowed to a halt from there, I thought. Overall, Denver shoots 39% from the field. Again, they can't hit anything from three. Another game where they're just dismal from three-point range. 25% as a team, 8 of 32 from beyond the arc. The Nuggets shooting 30.8% from three as a team this year. That's third worst in the league, 28th overall. And that continues to be mind-boggling why this Nuggets team can't shoot from three-point range. Last year, they were one of the best shooting teams in the league. They finished the year ranked seventh in three-point percentage. They hit 37.1% of their threes. And a lot of people would say they have a better shooting team this year than they did a year ago. So it's just baffling why they cannot hit open threes, considering they've generated a lot of open shots so far this year. But Let's go to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, get to our first question. This will set us up nicely for the remainder of the show. Let's go there right now. Hey, it's Noah from Phoenix. Pretty sure after this loss to the Memphis Grizzlies, a lot of people are going to question the offense, and in particular, Jokic's shot selection. I wonder if it's something that we are not seeing as the fan base. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter have the idea that uh, it's maybe Torrey Craig is affecting the spacing, and so Jokic isn't getting a lot of looks. That seems to be the popular take. But I wonder if there's something else that Jokic sees on the floor, and that's why he, uh, a superior basketball mind, uh, who has you know crazy eyes and uh, great passing vision, is passing up these what we would think are good looks. I'm curious to see what you guys think your particular take is, Uh, on why he just plain isn't shooting. Um, I mean, clearly he's not going to be an all-star if he continues to take three shots a game. Uh, He said at the outset of the year that it was his goal, and he came out at the beginning of the year uh, very hot when Will Barton was on the floor, um, just shooting like he was at the end of last year. So 
I'm curious to see if you guys see anything um, and also if you think Jokic sees anything, uh, and that's why he's passing up looks. But thank you, guys. Hey, thanks, Noah, for the call. And want to remind you guys, if you do have questions for the show, we've got a couple more to get to in a few minutes here. But 1-800-BSN-8394 is the number to call. 1-800-BSN-8394. If you've never called before, all it is is an answering machine. So leave your name, leave where it comes from, leave a message for the show, and we'll play it. Usually Christian and I will give you our responses, but tonight I'll give you just my response. And when it comes to the Nuggets game tonight and Nicole Jokic going over one for the field, not taking a field goal attempt until the last second when I'm sure the Nuggets drew up a play for him and really forced him to take that three. That's what it looked like, at least. It seemed to me like, and I'm sure it seemed to you guys watching and, and a lot of people watching, that he was actively not looking to shoot the ball tonight. He came in tonight wanting to be in assist mode, wanting to be in pure point guard mode, and did not want to shoot the ball tonight. There were a lot of shots that people were asking me about after the game and whatnot, and that he should have taken or if he should have taken. And some of them he probably should have shot. Some of them he made the right play like he usually will. But there were a lot of instances tonight where if you look back like against that game against the Phoenix Suns earlier this season where Jokic exploded against DeAndre Ayton, had one of the best games of his career, had a triple-double, did not miss a shot from the field. He passed up a ton of those shots tonight, and really from the opening minute to the end of the game, it looked like he just did not want to shoot the ball. Why? I'll admit it to you guys, I don't know. I'm not in Jokic's head. I wasn't with the team in Memphis. I don't have a vibe on how he was today. I don't know why he did not want to shoot the ball, but from looking and from watching this game, it looked like he was actively passing up open shots. Now, the question is why? I've got a couple of theories. One of my theories is this Nuggets offense, they've put up really good numbers this year when you just look at them compared to the rest of the league. They're the 10th best offense in the league. They haven't been able to hit threes at all, but they're still scoring the ball. They're still scoring at a similar rate to last year. According to Clean the Glass, they're scoring 100 12.6 points per 100 possessions. They scored 112.1 points per 100 possessions last year. So offense is up around the league. That's why they have a lower rank than they did last year, even though they're scoring at a more efficient rate this year. Um, but the offensive numbers and the offensive profile honestly look pretty similar to last season. If you go to clean the glass and look at the frequency that they're shooting from the rim and from mid-range, it's pretty close to what it was last year. That's not where this offense looks different. I think this offense looks different in two areas from last year. The first is the most quantifiable. It's that they're not shooting as many three-pointers per game than a year ago. This season, the Nuggets are only averaging 28.9 threes per game. Obviously, they're not shooting it well from that distance. Last year, they averaged 30.9 threes per game. So they're shooting about two less threes per game than they were a year ago. And that's a pretty noticeable drop-off, I think. The other area where the offense looks different from me, and this one is much less quantifiable, 
the half-court offense just doesn't seem to have the same type of pace to it that it did a year ago. It doesn't have the same flow. The ball isn't popping all around the floor. It's just moving at a slower rate, it seems, than it was last year. Things just look more deliberate. I don't think it's necessarily more play calls, more sets called in from the sideline. I'm not, I don't think it's that. Things just look more deliberate. And like I said, it's tough and maybe even impossible to quantify it, but the half-court offense just seems to be moving in slow motion compared to last year. Last year, the ball flew around the half-court for the Nuggets. That was one of the things that made this offense so special. Yeah, they were great in transition, but when they got to the half-court, they could still really beat teams, and that was a knock against this offense for a while. This year the ball just isn't flying around like it was last year. And I think part of that has to do with having Torrey Craig in the starting lineup and things just aren't flowing with him on the court like they were last year. And also a little bit because Jamal Murray hasn't done the best job this season of really point guarding his team and running sets smoothly and getting the ball to Nikola Jokic when he's needed to and when Jokic has been asking for it. I believe all those factors are contributing to the offense, not popping and not running at the same peak performance level that it was a year ago. And my big theory off of that is I think Jokic is frustrated with that. I think he's frustrated that the Nuggets aren't hitting their threes and they're not maybe getting the same exact types of looks throughout the ebbs and flows of their offense that they were a year ago. And it looked to me that he came out tonight not looking to shoot and maybe looking to prove a point. That's how it looked to me. It definitely seemed like he had no desire to be a focal point offensively. And maybe he was trying to prove a point that he doesn't like the way this offense is running right now. That's just speculation on my part. That's as much as I can draw from watching this game and watching the last couple games. The game against the Celtics doesn't really count, I don't believe, because Jamal Murray going for 48, that kind of throws your offense out of whack anyways. But that's definitely the sense that I got tonight. So that, that was my big takeaway, I think. This Nuggets offense looks a little different than it did last year, especially in the half court. It has for most of this season. And Jokic looked a little bit frustrated tonight, as he has in Denver's last couple games, that Maybe he's just not seeing the same things he was last year. Maybe he's not getting exactly the same looks as he was last year. And that's kind of a double-edged sword because, honestly, Nicole Jokic probably has to get over that a little bit. Yeah, he's young. Yeah, he's 23 years old. Things aren't always going to go his way all the time. Maybe when the three start dropping, if they start dropping, things will shift, but just kind of what I saw tonight, and I don't think that's a crazy take by any means. I mean, he looked disinterested at times on offense. He looked like he obviously did not want to shoot. He looked kind of frustrated at times with how the ball was moving and whatnot. So that's one of my takeaways from tonight. This Nuggets offense looks slightly different in the half court than it did last year. Granted, it's still producing. They have a top 10 offense in the league. Numbers don't lie in that regard. But I think when it comes to Jokic, he's not seeing the same exact stuff that he was a year ago. 
Let's get to one more question on the BSN Denver hotline before we take another break right now. Hey, man, my name is Drew. I'm from New Jersey, and I just want to know why they're paying Jokic all that money to take one shot, one shot all game. Those six turnovers, that can't happen. Like, why are they paying him all that money? And why are they paying Millsap all that money to only go out there and score, what, two points and get dropped off by a rookie? That's unacceptable. And as far as I'm concerned, Millsap is a scrub, and Jokic got to pick it up too. That is all. Thanks for the call, Drew. I'm happy we're getting some first-time callers in after a loss like this, and I know there's some frustration. I'll try to talk you guys down off the ledge, like with what I said at the beginning of the show. It's a long season, and Jokic has been through slumps like this before. Remember last year he had a similar three, four-game stretch. Last year it was three games, three single-digit performances in a row. And the final game of that stretch was when the Nuggets lost in Dallas and Jokic got benched in the fourth quarter, barely played the second half, and he proceeded to have the best month-and-a-half stretch of his career where he played like one of the best players in the game and really led the Nuggets to a near-playoff appearance. Maybe that will happen this time after a fourth game in a row of single-digit scoring. Why are they paying him a max contract or a near-max contract because he's been one of the best players in basketball on the offensive end of the floor in a large part for the last two seasons. I know he's had a rough four games. He had a really strong start to the season before that, though. I mean, the 35 points against Phoenix wasn't that long ago. The 24-11 and 11 against the Lakers wasn't too long ago. He had 16 assists three nights ago against Utah and dominated the ebbs and flows of that game without really scoring. And that brings me to another point about Jokic. He is different than every other superstar in this league. It's part of what makes him incredibly special. And it's one of the best parts about him. He doesn't care about scoring. He's fine if he scores zero points and the Nuggets win. He's pissed off if he scores 30 or 40 points and the Nuggets lose. It's something that makes him great and makes him the perfect superstar for this team and this market and this city and this organization. And that, I think, is tough for a lot of people to embrace, that he's not always going to be that guy every night that goes out there and gets you 30. It's just not how he's wired. I don't think that's ever going to be how he's wired. Maybe he'll develop into that guy in some time, if you talk to people in Dallas, Dirk wasn't that guy early in his career. He eventually developed into that guy who was counted on to score 25, 30 points every night. But Jokic has just different gifts than Dirk had. You know, he's the playmaker. He's the point guard. He's the distributor. I'm not sure he's ever going to be that guy. He's just wired differently. And that's what makes him so great. But it also is going to cause some frustration probably with people who want him to be that 30 point per game scorer. And I know some people aren't asking him to be a 30 point per game scorer. Some people are just asking him to score 20 a night. And I think he can do that, but obviously he's not doing that right now. And I do agree that has to change. He's got to be a threat because tonight he wasn't a threat. Marcus all started playing off of him whenever, you know, Jokic was posting up or, or looking to receive the ball. He was not a threat tonight. And so he can still be a playmaker. He can still be this team's point guard, but he's still got to be a threat. So, I mean, 
the Nuggets paid him because even though his last four games haven't been anything to write home about on the offense event, he's got two years of data down in box scores to back up the fact that he is an elite offensive player. So that's why they're paying him. That's the guy he is. This is not the guy he is right now. And he'll snap out of it. This is not who Nikola Jokic is. I mean, watching the game tonight, we've seen him be really unselfish before. We've seen him pass up shots before, but he was unrecognizable tonight. You know, he'll snap out of it. He'll get through this. Maybe it will happen Friday against Brooklyn, a team who he's gone off against in the past. He had 40 points against Brooklyn last season. Maybe that's when it will happen. But trust me, this is not the guy who Nikola Jokic is. I think he's going through some things right now, like I mentioned earlier. And I think the Nuggets and him will get through this in a couple different ways. But he's different than a lot of other superstars. He doesn't want the limelight. He doesn't want the attention. And he got fined today $25,000 for some comments he made after that game in Chicago. And I wouldn't be surprised if that affected him a little as well. I know if I got fined, let alone fined publicly at my job, it would probably affect my work performance a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if that was on his mind too today. And Drew, the other part of your question, why are they paying Paul Millsap? They're the second best defense in the league through 11 games. That's why they're paying Paul Millsap. The Nuggets needed to be a better defensive team. It's one of the reasons why they missed the playoffs last year. And it's no surprise that Paul Millsap is healthy and he's playing at this type of level and he's had this type of immediate impact on the Nuggets defense. Right now, Paul Millsap is playing at a defensive player of the year potential. If votes are being cast for defensive player of the year right now, Paul Millsap would get heavy consideration because the Nuggets are one of the best teams in the league and they're also one of the best defenses in the league. Two qualifiers for defensive players of the year. So that's why they're playing Paul Millsap. I agree. He hasn't fit into this offense great in the past two seasons when he's been healthy. He could be one of the reasons why, like I mentioned earlier, this Nuggets offense right now, it's just not flowing how it was last year. But he's having a huge impact on this team, and I do think he's been beneficial to this team, despite what the perception of him might be. Before we go back to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline and get off a couple other observations from this game, I want to tell you guys about an awesome deal right now, courtesy of Total Beverage. You probably already know from listening to this podcast, if you've ever been there before, that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado. But did you know that they're now delivering to anywhere in the North Metro area, from Wheat Ridge to Erie? For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off a purchase of $50 or more on their website and app if you use the promo code BSN10. So again, use the promo code BSN10, get $10 off a $50 or more purchase for all your holiday parties and have it delivered to your door using the Total Beverage website or app. As always, if you don't want to spend 50 bucks, you can use promo code BSN10 for $10 off your order. That's promo code 10 on the Total Beverage app for 10 bucks off your next delivery order. Let's go back to the Total Beverage fan hotline right now. 
My name's Charles from New York, and I just can't believe what I'm seeing from Jokic after these last four games. He's had four points, seven points, eight points, and didn't take any shots up until he had to at the end of the last game. I mean, this is unacceptable from our franchise player who's making max money and is the center point of the team. Um, I just think that after these last couple of games, Malone is really trying to emphasize defense when the team's main takeaway is offense. Uh, I think something has to change or else this is going to go downhill really quick. Thank you. So I think Charles brought up a good point there, and it's something I've gotten a lot of questions about, and it's something you said to the tail end of that call. It's, is the Nuggets emphasizing defense hurting their offense? It's something we discussed a little on, I believe, Monday or Tuesday's show. Torrey Craig had a comment earlier this season that was pretty eye-opening, and it wasn't eye-opening because it's something that was surprising, but I think just eye-opening that he said it, that the fact that he expends so much energy on the defensive end of the floor, guarding the opposing team's best player, that hurts him on the offensive end of the floor because naturally he doesn't have enough energy. And, you know, I don't really think that's the case when it comes down to it. Guys on this team are young enough, are athletic enough, not talking about Jokic in that capacity, but everybody else other than him can play both ends of the floor effectively. And I don't think what we've been seeing from Jokic this season and the passive play that he's had on the offensive end of the floor tonight against the Grizzlies and over the past few games is a product of him being tired and fatigued. If it did look like he was tired and fatigued out there, yeah, maybe that might be an acceptable answer, but he's just looked like he has not wanted to shoot. He's been trying to be a distributor. He's been trying to get others involved like he has over the course of his career. He just hasn't been looking for his own offense. I don't think it's because he's necessarily looked fatigued. So it's an interesting question for sure, and maybe it could be affecting him a little bit, but I don't think it's the overarching reason or anything close to the main issue here. But... Yeah, this was a big head-scratcher for Jokic overall. He does need to rebound here Friday. He, he does need to just put whatever issue he's having aside and at least be a threat on the offensive end of the floor because even if he's not scoring, he can be a huge threat passing the ball as we saw when he had 16 assists and really just dominated the flow of that game against Utah. He can be a max-level player without scoring and have a max-level type impact without scoring. But the thing was, he was not a threat against Memphis. He did not strike fear in the eyes of Marcus Saul, in the eyes of Grizzlies up and down that roster. They were not worried about him on the offensive end of the floor, and that's a crazy thing to say about Nikola Jokic based on what we've seen over the last couple of years. So he's got to have a bounce back here Friday. Four games is rough. Four games of single-digit scoring for him. Five is going to be a lot worse if that happens. And the last thing I'll say about Jokic is this. I know I've spent most of this podcast saying how he's probably not going to be that guy who goes out there and gets you 25, 30 points every night for his whole career. But the Nuggets ceiling goes up exponentially when he can be that guy and when he can turn that guy on 
for stretches. He doesn't have to be that guy for 48 minutes, but he's got to have that in him, and he's got to be able to unlock that when the Nuggets need it because there will be nights like tonight when nothing goes their way, and they need him to be that number one option, and he wasn't that tonight. So he'll have to grow into that. I think he can. I think everything's going to be all right. That's my uh, theme of tonight. He's in a tough stretch right now. He will rebound, though. He will get out of this. Maybe it will happen Friday against the Nets. Maybe it will happen Sunday. Maybe it will happen next week. He will get out of this before long. I'm not overly worried. I'm not overly concerned. This was a bad game from him, but I really do believe he'll snap out of it. Elsewhere from this game, the offense... Really, nobody had it except for Gary Harris in the first half, and even he went cold in the second. The bench was what stood out again, and it's becoming a theme this year. Wancho, Trey Lyles, Mason Plumley, Monte Morris, Malik Beasley did not play a ton tonight. Those four guys that I previously mentioned, though, have been rocks all year. They've been really solid all season long. Now Trey Lyles' three ball is starting to go down. He's starting to get some more confidence from three. He was two of five tonight. He's been hot from beyond the arc as of late. 16 points for him off the bench tonight. 10 for Mason Plumley, who almost two years after that Yusef Nurkic trade, the trade doesn't look so bad for Denver after all. They got one of the better backup centers in the league on their roster backing up Jokic, and he was big tonight again. But this bench unit, if you go back to the preseason, I talked about how they looked like the Toronto Raptors bench unit of last year. They're starting to look like that unit again. And it took a couple games, but they're really rounding into form. So the bench was great tonight. The starters, not so much. Jamal Murray just could not find his range. And obviously, Jokic. He was the big story of tonight. His line again, 0 of 1 from the field, 4 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. And it definitely seemed to me, as I wrap up here, that he was trying to make a point tonight that he wasn't happy with something. Maybe it's how the offense is being run. Maybe it's something else. But he just did not seem like he really had any desire to shoot the ball and score and be a threat on the offensive end of the floor. So that was a lot. I had a lot of thoughts tonight, but that's what I came away with. Let me know if you agree. Let me know if you disagree. 1-800-BSN-8394. 1-800-BSN-8394. We'll be back with another episode on Thursday. Talk with you then.